that's where I got lost. Mm-hmm. It wasn't my sins. It was my belief system. Mm-hmm. And if I just would have believed like, oh, I'm a child of God and God loves me. No sin. No sin can trump that love. Welcome back to the pod, boys. <laughs> Welcome back. It's good to be back. Sitting on the couch. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome back. How you like last week's episode? Big loops. It was good. Looper had a unique perspective. You know, yeah, I don't think we've ever had anybody that's less active. You know, and just kind of yeah, working through it, trying to figure it out, and just trying to to recognize how the gospel's still in his life. So yeah, it was definitely it was cool. a, definitely a big deal for him to come into share story. Yeah. Like, I know a lot of people try to reach out to him, and he's kind of just doing his own thing. But for him to come down and to just share his experience and just be honest with us. Like, honestly, yeah. that was just a super cool thing, just him to be honest. And for us to kind of, like, share our testimony with him, but not really at the same mm-hmm. time. Because mm-hmm. obviously, you don't, you don't want to be, like, be that guy, like, pressure and pressure and pressure. Yeah. But we kind of just, super just normal natural. We tried our best. But that was last week. That was last week. We got someone new this week. We got someone this week. This one's a kind of a special one. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all special. They're all special. <laughs> but this one is um, this one's unique. This one's a unique one. Haven't seen haven't seen this guest in years. Mm-hmm. He probably didn't even remember me when I texted this guy. He probably didn't even. He's like, who's this random dude texting me real quick? <laughs> but uh, so I'll guess. <laughs> so he reached out to you. Of course he did. Come on, bro. Of course he did. We're, we're worldwide famous around here. We're worldwide famous. <laughs> but I. Uh, but yeah. So um, this person. He, he used to work at my seminary at my high school. I was never in his class. My mm-hmm. brother was, though. Um, his name is Kyler Hamilton. I'm just going to refer to my brother Hamilton. That's how I know him. Okay. Um, so Hamilton, brother Hamilton, brother he Hamilton. was kind enough to come to our pod today. A uh, little bio on him. He, um, he served his mission in the Dominican Republic Santiago mission. Okay. Um, he, I think he was, uh, I think he was, he said 2013, 2014 area. Okay. Um, Went to college, went to BYU for his bachelor's, went to University of Missouri for his master's, bro. He's mm. on a different smart level. Smart dude, smart dude. He's on a different level than us. <laughs> um, he's been married for, I think, uh, nine to ten years now. He's got three little ones. Um, so he's husband, father, and plus his career right now, he's actually, um, he's a principal of a seminary for West High School. So, oh, that's sick. Yeah, he's living the dream, bro. Yeah, dude. He's living the dream. That is the life. He's living the life. But let's bring him on. Like, <laughs> bring so right let's here. bring him in, boys. <laughs> yes, sir. I'm excited for this one today. I know, me too. This, this will be, be a good one. Oh, welcome on to the pod, my good sir. Thank you, sir. How you hey, been? Good. And first off, I remember you, dude. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I remember every student. <laughs> he didn't even have his class and he remembers him. He's, yeah. got, he's got him locked. Is in. that a good thing or a bad thing? Like, was that? No, it's a great thing. Okay. Yeah, okay. Caleb was always a good boy. Okay, good. Appreciate it, man. Some people, some people don't don't remember, man. And I came to your basketball game, sir. I think I was sitting on the bench that one. Day. Yeah, you probably were, bro. I was probably on the bench, but hey, it's all good. It's all good. We were still on the team, so it's all yeah. good. Yeah. It is all the good. Team. But once again, thanks for coming on to to our podcast today. Yeah, I know you're a busy man, and um, life is life. But uh, yeah, what have you been up to these days? What's, what's been going on? Um, so yeah, I got three kids. I just had my third in November, oh, and then. Um, me and my wife have been married nine years, uh, and I'm the seminary principal at West High School, and just doing other stuff too as a family. Mm-hmm. Started a family business, and yeah, just doing little things. Stay, stay busy. Just staying busy, man. Just staying busy. Can't be stagnant these days. Yeah. Can't be stagnant. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, let's let's jump into it a little bit. Um, like we already talked about, you served in the Dominican Republic Santo Commission. First of all, how's your Spanish going? It's better. It's better than it used to be. No. no. What I I mean by that is like, yeah, it like goes, dip down, now it's coming back up. This is a little roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started Spanish classes at West, and that was really good for me. Like, bringing all the gospel Spanish back, I was like, okay, man. Oh, you have to teach the seminary in Spanish? Yeah. Oh, no way. Some some classes, not all. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, it's a solely Spanish class. Dang. Interesting. Yeah, it's been that's cool. really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, really, really cool. Yeah, so, yeah, so I bet it does help bring back those memories and oh, yeah. and bring back the Spanish language a little yeah. bit for you. That's that's yeah. super cool. Yeah, because uh, we've talked to other people who've 
um spread the gospel in their mission language mm-hmm. and then when they switch it to english they're just like dude it's like the whole different concept mm-hmm. yeah is that kind of the same for yeah. you or is it the same well yeah i mean partly like i didn't become like a master of spanish on my mission but like i i learned spanish and then like coming back home that's just a transition right like in utah we're lucky because a lot of people do speak spanish right and i actually when i came home i'd go on exchanges with missionaries and so like i got to work on that too and continue my spanish there for a while and then um and then it's just in variety of callings and through seminary i've had the opportunity to just practice spanish he's just the just locked in with the spanish man <laughs> mission blesses you through all aspects of life yeah it's just, just continued on like you know you learned spanish on your mission and yeah here you are principal over seminary and now you're starting a spanish class right yeah. i mean yeah and now he's on the biggest podcast know? in the world you know? yeah. <laughs> like welcome to the club <laughs> I'm, i think pat mcafee might, might got us beat a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious but i think i remember um I remember uh, I was in seminary, young kid, didn't have any friends, you know, I was just like sitting in the back corner of, uh, of the class. But I remember uh, you shared a few experiences about like how um, some life experience kind of changed you to like go on a mission and then start you on this course. Tell us about that. Tell us about how, like, did you even want to go on a mission when you were younger? Like, tell <laughs> no. us that story. Um, that's a really interesting question, actually, because I, I think I immediately said no, but <laughs> my my family was a great family. My dad's a convert to the church. My mom's been stalwart her whole life. Um, my sister, she's she was always good. I I mean, she got in normal high school trouble, right? Mm. Um, and then my brother was like amazing. I think he was seminary council. He was like school pre- body president. And then like this middle child, just I just struggled, you know. <laughs> and um, but I I uh, I said no because most of my life I've actually been not active in the church and I, I even claim the church hmm. but um i remember like after my conversion my mom giving me this paper from when i was like a primary kid and i, I don't know if we had like a family maybe i don't know where this paper came from i don't know if it was like primary but on it it said one day i want to serve my mission in japan because i love rice because i love rice <laughs> yeah. yeah the primary answer is i That's love hilarious. it so like I think as a little boy, um, I, I remember like now um, feeling the spirit a lot when I was a kid, and um, I loved the primary songs. But I remember like in fifth grade, and, and probably even a little bit before that. But in fifth grade, like I remember me and my buddies, we played baseball, um, we traveled around. And that's like when our language started changing. You know, mm-hmm. we started mm-hmm. doing different things as little kids, trying to be all hard and, and tough. Yep. Yep. And then um, sixth grade is when I like. It, it was interesting because I, I started doing things that maybe like junior high kids and even high school kids were doing. And so then by the time I got to junior high, that's when my life really started like plummet pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I was I was doing a lot of things that like college kids were doing. And then we got to high school. And as soon as I got my driver's license, man, that's when like game over. It was mm-hmm. game over. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like now I can go and do whatever I wanted. And, and once again, like this was it wasn't my parents like it was no one to blame other than just me like when we talk about like hiding sin right and like why that's so dangerous it's because like the snowball effect yeah Mm -hmm. and like that's why confession is so important because you're no longer hiding you're going to someone to get help and in fifth grade like it started very i mean fourth grade right with my buddies it started very small with language and then it turned into other things, and it just kept me being like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. And I remember, like, the first time I made, like, a big deal, big boy decision mm-hmm. in seventh grade. Like, seventh grade. going home and being like, what did I just do? Yeah. yeah. Like, how did I get there, you mm-hmm. know? And so from, like, sixth grade all the way to a sophomore in college, like, I was a rebel without a cause. Like, Dang. had no direction. So that's why I was like, no, I, I never planned to serve a mission. Because I remember in high school, too, this is another, like, vivid memory. I remember a seminary teacher, I don't remember who the seminary teacher was, but I remember a seminary teacher asking, um, hey, all those young men who are going to serve missions, stand up. And mm-hmm. like, everybody stood up, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember standing up and being like, nah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just doing this. Yeah. But you don't want to be that guy. To yeah, that, you exactly. Know? You don't you know what I'm saying? Dude. Like, it was just like this like external pressure, but I remember yeah. in my head immediately thinking like, I'm not really gonna do nah, this. Mm-hmm. Then he did the same thing with the temple marriage. Oy. Oh, yeah. that's a little bigger. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my head, I was like, I'll never be worthy mm-hmm. to get a temple marriage. And that was my mentality. Like, I don't even know if the desire was there, but it, it, the immediate thought was, 
I'll never be worthy to do mm-hmm. either of those things. So does that make sense? Like, yeah. yeah. So I think as a primary kid, yeah, I wanted to serve a mission. Clearly something clicked. But as as an, a high school kid, junior high kid, and even like a college kid, it was like, I'll never do that. Yeah. Yeah. Was it more like, because that's a curious thing, because I think you know, some, some people definitely go through that. And it's definitely different reasons why. It could be like, you just don't even believe in it. It could be policy stuff, and we're seeing that more often as, as time goes on. It could just be like, you know, I just don't want to follow the rules. Yeah. Which one was it for you, do you think? Uh, you asked me now, like, looking back 2020 <laughs> rearview, you know, vision of just, like, my sins led to every excuse. So, like, every single one of those came out, mm-hmm. right? Oh, well, the church is racist, blacks and the priesthood, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, that was a thing. And then, like, oh, the church is limiting. Like, they have all these rules. Yep. Like, you can't yeah. be yourself. And the church is judgmental. And I had everything in my my toolbox of, like, why I wasn't going to serve. Mm-hmm. But, like, deep down, it was, I'm in sin, and I know I'm in sin, mm-hmm. and I'll never be worthy to do that. So I need to make a million excuses yeah. of why I won't be able to serve. So in the end, it was really a, a righteous thought process because right, i'm not worthy yeah to do this yeah it's cool it's i've never point. thought of that actually i mean that, that that's what i think of right i was no, i'm not worthy to do this i know i need to be worthy to do yeah. these things right and i know yeah. if i'm gonna go about doing it that i have to do it the right way yeah and right now i can't do that so therefore i'm not gonna do that that's yeah, cool i've never thought of it that way but yep you're 100 right and that's what i'm saying like my parents raised me right yeah they taught, mm-hmm. brought us to church every sunday but I was the kid that, like, sacrament happened. And this is when we had three-hour church, right? Oof. So sacrament would happen. Yeah. And then they'd be like, all right. I can't remember if it was Sunday school. I, I think it was priesthood, then Sunday school. Yeah. But I'd leave. I'd walk home. I'd go out the back door of the priesthood room, and I'd be gone. <laughs> yes, sir. And I'd go and, like, kick with my friends or, like, some girl would pick me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was gone, dude. And then I always knew when to come back to my little brother. <laughs> my little brother can help me. But hey, man. He's got the you schedule. Class is wrapping up. You got 10 minutes. You better get back. You know? <laughs> so it's it was, hilarious. It was crazy, dude. That's like, funny. That's, that's funny, funny dude. I like, also, I like that you brought that up because I kind of had the same thought as of just like understanding like, man, like these are some big things that I'm not even worthy of. Mm-hmm. So what changed? Like what was the catalyst of, all right, let's, let's yeah, get going. Yeah, man, this is a good question. So... At the time, right, you were supposed to serve at 19 years old. I was probably 18 and a half. And my mom called me. I'm at Dixie State. Hmm. You know, and, like, every weekend, me and my buddies are doing something. You know, parties, dances, just the dumbest of things that you can think of. And um, I remember, so it must have been a Sunday. Because the night before, we had a party. And... like I, when I got to college, I never went to church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but my moms would always call me every Sunday, like, "Hey, how was church today?" <laughs> hey, it was good. It was good. No, yeah, 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 I was, yeah, like, exactly. yeah it was great. <laughs> it was good. Yeah, what'd you learn about? Oh, Jesus. Like, <laughs> the just like the plug-in <laughs> answer, yeah, primary answer. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> that Sunday, I, uh, I, um, yeah, it wasn't a good space. You know, what I'm saying, and like. Um, my mom called and just like, hey, how was church? And I was like, oh, yep, it was fine. And then she's like, okay, well, I know you're coming home this week. Can't wait to see you. And yeah, we should talk about your mission. And I was like, huh? dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, I hate this stupid conversation. So I drove <laughs> three hours north the whole time. I'm thinking, like, how am I going to tell my mom yeah, this? Because mm-hmm. I knew, I knew it would break her heart, man. Yeah. I knew it would break her heart. So uh, get home. Provo, Utah, my hometown house, and um, my mom brings up the mission. She's like, hey, so, like, you're 18, like, we, you know, it usually takes some time to fill out your papers, like, mm-hmm. you should get going on those, and I just, like, I remember this too, it's real late, and I, we're in my kitchen, and I just, like, looked at my mom dead in the eyes and said, hey, mom, I'm not going to serve a mission, and, like, she was just like, why? I was like, mom, I'm not worthy, and I'll never oh, be worthy, wow. and I just, like, dropped this bomb on my mom and i just remember i went off like just all the anger built inside of me i was just like so now you can tell everyone in provo you have a broken son and a broken uh-huh. home and like Man. you can tell everyone like how big of a screw up i am and you can tell them like why you don't love me and my mom stopped me yeah. she's like oh hey i will always love you like i don't the, my love is not tied to your mission and that right there dude i was oh. like 
because I just told her everything too, like it, like no hiding. It was mm-hmm. like I've been smoking, drinking, I've been doing all like everything you can imagine, mom. I've done it, mm-hmm. and she was just like, I will always love you. So I'm dri- you know, later that I think it was like two days later, I went back to college and I'm driving back home. I'm just like, how can my mom love me? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm a I'm a screw up. This is the first time her kids like someone has like actually like come out and been like, hey, I've been breaking every commandment, mm-hmm. and um, so I get home. And there's like this tension between my, me and my mom. And she would call me every day, or I'd call her. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't calling her that week because I was just mm. like, I just let my mom down. I just broke her heart, you know. And and uh, my brother, Cameron, he's my younger brother, hits me up, hit, writes me a letter. Like, not a text, <laughs> not a phone call. Not an email. Yeah, you know what I'm like, he wrote me this letter and he, he wrote me about, um, he, he first was just saying, like, hey, you know, mom, I'm worried about mom. You should, you should call mom. And, but then he, uh, the s- story of Sid going, you know that one about yeah. the, the rugby mm-hmm. player who gave up everything? Yeah, well, I, yep. yep. Yeah, I just yeah. had a, I had just made the, the Dixie State football team. And so he kind of was like sending me like this hidden message, right? So I'm like, man, you know, feeling bad about my mom, trying to figure life out. And I uh, call my moms and I'm like, mom, like, I'm real sorry. You know, I'm sorry. I know you didn't want to hear that. And, and she was just like, you know what? Like, if you'll just go repent, like, I'll stop bringing up the mission stuff. Mm. I was like, say less. Cash that check. So I go and I, you know, like I said, I hadn't been to, I haven't been to church in two years. Yeah. yeah. I'm at Dixie State for two years. I hadn't been. So I go to the institute and on the institute, they had this big old like board of like all the wards and their bishops. Mm. So I go, I'm okay. Red Rock. Okay. Go over, find Bishop E. Croft. Call him up. I'm like, hey, Bishop Croft, this is Kyle Hamilton. Yeah. You don't know me. But um, I need to come talk to you. And he's like, okay. I was like, today. Like, I need to talk to you today. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay. Um, yeah, meet me here. Yeah. It's the church house across from the institute. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I meet up with him. And I'm just like, hey, man. Like, I legit don't care what you're about to say to me. I'm about to tell you everything I've ever done since I've been in fifth, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And he like I remember too like he's like all like so excited you know he's like man like got a new guy coming back to church exactly like he's so excited and I tell him that and like he like slowly like oh okay and so I just started from day one okay here's where it started boom 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 just telling him everything every time you know every whatever just everything and um. I remember like tapping his desk, like, all right, man, thank you. Appreciate it. Like, I'm just like, see you later. All right, done. We're done. We out of here. Yeah. And um, he's like, hey, can I just share something with you? I was like, you know, I I had just gone off for like 20 minutes, you know, so I was like, all right, yeah, that's fine. And uh, he had taken me to the story, and to this day, like, I'm trying to like identify which one was it. I think it was the woman caught in adultery. Uh But uh, he showed what Jesus did for her. And he said, you see how he says, go and sin no more? He's like, that's that's how Jesus is like. And I'm like, okay. And then he just, he said, hey, um, do you know that the Savior loves you? And I just was like, bro, what? <laughs> like, what is going on right now? Like, that's two people in a row telling me, like, they love me, God loves me. And, like, how could he love a screw-up? Like, that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, hey. And, and, like, at that time, right, I'm I'm like, yeah, 18 going on 19. And, like, mind you, right, like, I, we're not 21, but, like, there's some things going on in our lives that we're doing 21-year-old stuff. Yeah. And, like, in other aspects of my life, right, with other different commandments, I developed some real addictions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know how to stop. And they were, once again, like, I'm hiding. Like, yeah. everyone thinks, like, oh, he's a good boy. No, like, I'm doing things that, like, you would be like, man, that guy's messed up. Yeah. And, um... And he told me, he was like, if you want to overcome your temptations and your addictions, read the Book of Mormon. I was like, okay. And he's like, have you ever read the book? I'm like, no, I have never read the book. <laughs> and he's like, why not? You know, we go on the, oh, I don't got time. I ain't got this. And he's like, tell you what, if you read 10 verses a day, every day, you'll overcome every temptation and every addiction that you have. Wow. And I sat there and I was like, wow. Okay. And so I go back home and I'm sitting in my apartment at Dixie State. I got five of my best friends live with me. And um, 
I'm in my head. I'm like, I know there's a Book of Mormon in my room. I know my mom put yeah, a Book yeah. of Mormon in my Guaranteed. room. So I start tearing my room apart. <laughs> I finally find it. It's like in this drawer right by my bed. And I'm looking at this book. And I'm like, how can this guy bet on this book? And he didn't bet on it. Like, he didn't say, like, I bet on yeah, this. But yeah. it, that, that's the thought process. Conf- the confidence. Yeah, yeah. I'm yep. like, how can he say 10 verses a day will help me overcome everything? Mm-hmm. And I did it. I, like, this is where, like, I'm like, I don't know why I did it. Mm-hmm. I just did it. Like, I just opened that book, and I was like, First Nephi chapter 1, 1 through 11. Then I did 12 through 21. You know, and then I'm like, the next thing you know, I'm in this book every single day. And I'm waking up early, right? I got football camps in the morning. Mm-hmm. I got football workouts, and I'm waking up. And he just told me, like, wake up 10 minutes earlier, read, t- read 10 verses. I'd wake up 10 minutes earlier, read 10 verses. And, like... And the whole time, right, I'm also going through my repentance process because this is taking a while. Like, we had done some things that, like, man. And I remember this day so vividly. We had we had an early morning conditioning camp. And at Dixie State, things would get so hot, your, your cleats would melt together. Yeah. So we had to do it early. So it's like 4 in the morning, right? So I'm waking up at, like, 3.30. Go read my scriptures. And that morning, I had this thought come to my head, like, does the Savior want me to serve him? Like, is there something I can do to give back? Yeah. And I read 2 Nephi 16.8, right? And this is the Isaiah chapters, and this is where the Lord's calling Isaiah to the work. And the Lord asked, whom, shall, whom, whom will go for us, and whom shall we send? And Isaiah responded back, Lord, here am I, send me. Bro, and like, when I say, like, I'm crying and reading the Book of Mormon, like, like I am weeping. And I like, I just had this experience like that it felt like a, just a hammer from heaven came through and busted through my chest and like, so I, so I go to conditioning camp, right? And I, I'm like, the whole time, I'm like, what is going on? Like, something's going on in my life. This is crazy. And um, my buddy Jens is like, hey man, like, how's everything? You know, we're chatting and he's like, you should come to church. I'm like, I'm not going to church. I'm still not worthy. Like, I'm not going to church. He's like, you should come to church. And um, so he keeps inviting me all throughout the week. Anyways, so then we get to a point where I go back to my bishop. That must have been Thursday, Friday. I go to my bishop. And I'm like, hey, bishop, man. What would it take for me to serve a mission? Wow. And, and Bishop, you know, he's like, that's the best answer he wants to. Hear. That's the oh, best yeah. question he wants to hear. No, yeah. Not too long ago, yeah, you were sitting there like, like, all right, Bishop, let's yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. We out. I'm out. Next minute, I'm on a mission. Yeah. When I tell you that guy's face was like pale, white, like, what? <laughs> Is this the same dude? And I was like, listen, I've been doing what you told me to do. Yeah. Like I've been reading the book Mormon every day, and I'm telling you, I feel like God is calling me to something. And uh, he was just like. I, I need to call the state president. Like, I need to figure some things out. Yeah. So he calls around. He's like, hey, you got to write a letter to the first presidency. Mm. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. Like, that makes sense. Like, in my head, I'm like, hey, it's a that's chance. It. It's a chance, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, a couple years go by, right? I'm, I'm coming up on 21. And I'm like, well, I'm not piecing the story together very well. But a year later, so it must have been 19 and a half. Um, I, I got a rejection letter. Oh, no way. It said that the, the things mm. this young man had done, like, um, like he, he can't serve. Now, I started to tell you the story about Jens. I didn't finish this. Let me finish this because that, that, that is a catalyst for what happened. Him inviting you back to church? Yes. Okay. So I go back to church. So he, he would not, like, he, stopped, he brought it up every day. Okay, come on, you're going to come to church, come to church. So Sunday morning happens. We have practice again at four in the morning. Yep. Maybe five. And coach's like, we're just gonna do a walkthrough and then we'll be done. I'm like, all right. So we get done in like an hour, five to six, I think. Church is at like eleven AM. Because he told me that. I didn't, I didn't know that, but he told me that. And so he's like, Hey, you coming today? I was like, I'm I'm not coming. Yeah. And he's like, All right, I'm gonna come pick you up. I was like, No, no, you, <laughs> you must have misheard me. Yeah. I'm not coming. And uh so he shows up just banging on my door. I'm like in bed trying to sleep. And he comes around and the way my apartment set up, we were on the end, so he knocked on the door, but then he came around to my room. Mm-hmm. He started knocking on my window. Mm-hmm. And then he knocked on the door again. Kept he just kept doing well, that. I'm like, knows. bro. So we go to church that day. I can't, like 
I'm pretty sure it was like a fast testimony. I mean, because some dude gets up there and he's like, I'm, I'm a heroin addict. Wow. And yeah, I know. I'm like, this is, this is yeah. Dixie State 101. I yeah. loved it. And he just said, like, I just know Jesus Christ can help us overcome anything. And, and mind you, I'm like, got my head down. I'm like, did that guy just say heroin? <laughs> I'm like, did he say Jesus can help? Like, that's crazy. And so church ends, and I'm like having these feelings I haven't had ever, it felt like. So Jen's, we get on church. He's like, hey, man, let me take you home. We go home. He's like, hey, by the way, there's fireside tonight. I'll see you there. I'm like, no. I you got me to church, but I ain't going to <laughs> yeah, fireside. Yeah, I was like, well, same thing. You know what I'm saying? And like, the crazy thing was, I went to bed after church, so, you know, one o'clock to about 6 30. And, uh, so I get my nap in, and I, I tell you, that, like, I woke up at 6.30, like, and I, I, I just couldn't go back to bed. Hmm. And I was just like, I know that clown's going to wake. He's going to come to my door. Just get ready now. <laughs> so I get ready, like clockwork, dude. Yeah, right, right. Right. I'm like, let's go, Jess. Let's go. <laughs> this is where things really started to change for me, man. And, like, you can kind of connect us. Like, the, the Bishop Rick experiences, you know, that changed my life. The Book of Mormon changed my life. But this changed my life. And so we go to this fireside. The guy gets up there. He's like, let me tell you the greatest decision I've ever made. He, and that, it's right. So the guy's sitting there. Once again, in my head's down. I'm just like, this sucks. And he said, the decision I made between football and a mission. Mm. I'm like, no way. No way. <laughs> oh, this is scripted, man. No what is going way on? way is this happening? <laughs> and he started. He's like, I had a full ride scholarship to Utah State. And, da, 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 da. and he said, I gave it all up to go serve a mission. He said, I came back home and I never served it. I never played football again. And he said, let me tell you why it was the greatest decision in my life. And he goes on to this fireside. I'm like sitting there looking at this dude. And I'm like, is it like, did Jen set this up? <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm like, what is going on? Like, did Bishop Recroft call somebody? <laughs> and so like clockwork, all right, thing finished. Guess who calls? Mom's calls. Mm. Hey, how's church? Wow. Well, this is the first time in a couple of years I could be like, hey, hey I'll tell I you this something time. happened today. <laughs> so I'm just like, and I just start crying. I was like, mom, like, something's going on. And she's just like, what do you mean? I'll just tell her. I tell her everything I just told you. And then my mom starts crying. She's like, I just got off my knees and God told me, call your son right now. And I'm just like, Mom, what's going on? That's crazy. And I was like, Mom, I haven't felt like this in like my whole life. Like, what is going on? And my mom's like, Kyler, God's calling you. God's calling you. And so, fast forward, right? Turn my papers in, the letter, all that, get rejected. And I run, like, so the way I lived in Provo, there was two elementary schools, Sunset View and Amelia Earhart. Well, I went to Amelia Earhart. Mm -hmm. It's probably, like, mile two from my house. And I sprint there, like a dead sprint to that place. Because I'm just so, I had to get out. Like, I just, mm -hmm. and I remember I get to Amelia Earhart. There's this baseball on the ground. And I was just so mad. I'm throwing up against the school. And then I see this light. And I just, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to shatter that light. So I throw this, throw this baseball and it shatters the light. And in my head, I'm like, I'm back. Mm. Rebel without a cause. Mm -hmm. Vandalism, you know, breaking laws. Hit up this girl that day. I'm like, hey, what you doing? Yep. And uh, I drive out to her house and um, get myself in a situation I shouldn't be in. And uh, she, she had her own house. You know, I'm, I'm 20 now, you know, acting like a grown man stuff. And... Uh, yeah, so things started progressing, and then I, I just had this thought, like, did you really come this far to do this again? Mm -hmm. Right, and, like, I'm in a situation that, like, old Kyler, like, <laughs> not a good situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I stopped. I just stopped. And I'm like, hey, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah. And she's like, what? I'm like, I just can't do this. And she's mad. Like, she's mad because she's like, why would you call me then? Like, what's going on? And I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So I drive back home. I hit up my home ward, stake president. And um, I just tell him, like, hey, president, I, I just made a mistake. And he's like, all right, well, let's, let's fix it. So I start going back through the repentance process. And um, this is where, like, like God, is, it's just I can't deny him 
because of this next part. So I got into weightlifting. I'm working at a Gold's Gym in Provo. Okay. I have my Dixie State football gear on. And uh, I got, my, yeah, got myself into a pretty good shape. And yes, sir. So this guy comes up. He's got some BYU gear on. He said, hey, you play football? Mind you, it says Dixie State football right on my yeah. chest. I'm like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, you don't play football? I was like, mm. He said, why is your shirt say Dixie State football? I'm like. I used to play football. Mm. He's like, can I just tell you something? I was like, yeah. He's like, my name's Andrew Rich. He played for BYU. He's a safety. And he's like, every once in a while, if we find people, like, we're kind of like, we can recruit them. And he's like, I'd like to take you to meet Bronco Mendenhall. For whatever reason, I feel like you need to play for BYU. And I'm like, all right, cool. I just got my rejection letter. I'm yeah. not. I'm not going on a mission. Yep. Mm-hmm. But I can't go back to Dixie State because everyone's gonna be like, "What happened?" Like, oh man, that was such a screw. They said no. You know? <laughs> yeah. And um, so I go. Bronco Mendenhall's like, "Yeah, let's get you in." I'm like, "What? Let's get me in? You don't, you don't even know me. Yeah. Like, why would you get me into BYU? And like, you've never seen me play. Like, and so they they got me into BYU. My grades were not there. But again, BYU got to get an ecclesiastical endorsement. Right. Mm. So I go through the Ecclesiastical endorsement. I'm working my stake president Provo. So I had to tell this new bishop, hey, yeah, I'm going through this. This is what happened. He's like, all right, all right. Well, sounds like we need to expedite this. He's like, I can't make that call. The stake president has to make that call. I'm like, yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense in my head. So I go, I go to the stake president. Never met this man in my life. His name's President Lasfardi. Mm. I get there and he's like, Kyler, why are you here? I'm like, oh, I'm trying to play for BYU. Um, Bronco Manahal's like got me in education-wise, but I need the ecclesiastical endorsement. He's like, okay. And he's like, um, but why are you here? I was like, well, I made some mistakes. And so I tell him, he's like, okay. So why are you here? And I'm like, you're not listening, bro. bro. I'm like, what is going on? Like, what are you talking about? And... This, this thought just comes to my mind, like, tell him everything. So I tell him, like, well, the reason I'm back in Provo is because X, Y, Z. Played as Dixie, left, felt like, you know, changed my life around, wanted to go on a mission, got rejected. And he starts laughing. My guy starts laughing. Oh, and I'm like, bro, you don't know me. Like, I get up and leave. Like, trying, as, we're trying to bring, right like, the old door. Kyler out, right? Like, <laughs> you don't know me, bro. Like, I am, like... I, bro, I got like some anger in me, <laughs> yeah. and you're laughing at me like this is not good. <laughs> this ain't it. And he's like, "Can I tell you something crazy?" And I was like, "Yeah." He's like, "You know how you got a rejection letter?" I was like, "Uh huh." He's like, "I work for the church in the mission department. I go over every single letter that is written to the first presidency, and I present to the first presidency about these kids." He's like, "I've been doing that for a while." Wow. He's like, I probably got your letter. I was probably the one who stamped it and sent it to your stake president, and they're the one that probably gave it to your bishop. And I'm sitting there like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, do you still want to serve a mission? And like, mind you, okay, I'm a hometown Provo kid, about to get into the college that my dad played at. Hmm. Like that, that you can't write that stuff. Like mm-hmm. you can make a movie out of it. Like, oh, yeah. The hometown kid comes back, makes yeah. a football team, you know. But it just jumped out. Like, yeah, I still want to serve a mission. You know, I didn't even like think or process. I was just like, yes, that's what I want to do. And he said, like, hey, like this is the mistake you made. Like, how many have you made in between? I said, no, I was clean. Like, I, I was good. And he was like, then let's rewrite your letter. So he starts reading my. He's like, hey, go back through everything, you know. And I start telling him everything. And he's like, well, how many times did this happen? I'm like, I don't, I don't know, President. I'm sorry. Like, I know there's a number on there. I can't tell you what the number is. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, the whole time is just, like, smiling. Just, <laughs> I'm just like, what's wrong with this guy? You know? <laughs> and uh, he's just like, in his letter, he said, clearly this young man has changed. Um, and, he, and he shared a scripture with me about how the, you know, the spirit will be, bring a stupor of thought. DNC nine, right? And he just said, You're having a stupid thought. He's like, You've changed. 
And uh, so we reapply. Mm. I get my call to the Dominican Republic. Now, the reason why I tell you, like, that story about the man giving the fireside and why that was so pivotal is, like, things progressed with BYU football. And, like, it got to a point where it was like, okay, like, I was working out with people. Mm -hmm. And I had to make that decision again. And the first thing that came to my mind was, let me tell you about the greatest decision I ever made in my life between football and a mission. And I, like, I don't know, like, what happened. Like, there was a list of names, and I just never showed up ever again. And I just was like, I'm gone. I'm on a mission. And uh, I made that decision, and I never looked back. Well, and so there's a lot of answers there for you. Like, well, what changed? Yeah, a lot changed. But overall, like God saved my life. Mm-hmm. Like he came down and was like, there's just no denying that there is a, a creator and, a, and one who knows who I am. And he found me at Dixie State and he saved my life. And then he, he brought me back again, even after I rebelled again. And that's what changed my life. Like, that solidified my conversion. Because I think if I would have gone out the first time, if I would have applied it and they would have been like, yep, you're going. Like, if anything hard happened on my mission, I think I'd have been like, nah, God's not real. Mm -hmm. But I had to have that no to be like, I know you're real. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a crazy story. Dude. Yeah, that thank you for sharing story. with that. Yeah, I guess you had some thoughts. All right, a few thoughts that I had is, number one, your moms. Dude, shout out to all the moms out there, low-key. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to all the moms out there. I don't know who said it, but there's that famous quote where, like, a mother's love is the closest love you find to Jesus Christ. Yeah, Elder Holland. Yeah, Elder Holland said that. Like, that is so true. Because, like, like, to have my mom there and just to call you, like, hey, how's church? How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> And for her to be in line with the spirit to know, hey, I need to call Kyler right now yeah. at this time when you're all the way on the other side of the state having these experiences. Yeah. That's my first thought. Shout out all to the moms out there. Um, number two is the Book of Mormon. Mm-hmm. Dude, the Book of Mormon has played a, a huge role in my life. and I know it has done for millions of people. And I don't know if you felt it, but I did. Once he brought up mm-hmm. the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. the spirit was like just smacking me in the face. I was like, dude, that's it right there. That's just a... That's a bearing of the testimony of the Book of Mormon without saying, I bear my testimony. Super clean right there. My third thought is the importance of the atonement of Jesus Christ. Like, it's just a great truth to know, a great restored truth to know that we make mistakes every single day. And we have um, a Savior who came down and he paid the price for sin, died for us upon the cross. So when we make mistakes, which we do every single day, we can go to those people. We can go to our Father in Heaven through um, through prayer or, or through His called servants to say, "Hey, I've made a mistake, but I want to be better." Mm-hmm. Yep. Those are the three thoughts that I had. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, 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 that was awesome. Thanks for sharing that <clears throat> that story with us and and being vulnerable. I think you know I had all the same thoughts, Caleb, and I think the the one other thought that really stood out to me um, was just the faith that you've always had all along, <clears throat> right? I mean. To, to 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 hear your bishop say 10 verses a day you know and you could have had that mentality of all right i'm gonna prove him wrong you know 10, 10 a day we'll see you know right but you still had the faith to to put it to the test yeah right you know wherever it was deep down in there somewhere hey i'm not worthy right like you knew it was true all along yeah. right and and at some point in time it finally clicked you yeah. finally you know, whether you stopped suppressing it and finally believed it, you know, whether that experience was really what made it click for you, right? Whatever, whatever it was, but that faith was always there and it was finally just accepting, okay, it is there. And, and, you know, this is actually, this is true. And I know it's true. Yeah. That's one of the things I always like, it's hard to articulate, but that little kid who wrote like, I want to serve a mission in Japan because I love rice. rice. (laughs) It felt like that kid had met, the Kyler at 21 years old that's yeah. flying to the, like it just felt like boom yeah. and everything in between that right like it, it was just gone it felt like the savior's like okay sh- that's gone and uh, I know it wasn't because those experiences have made me who I am mm-hmm. but like it was just like I finally had like gone back and met that kid and that kid was like hey I'm, I'm sorry you've been lost for so long yeah. but I'm glad you're back mm-hmm. glad we're gone yeah. so, so love what you're saying with that real cool yeah appreciate that a lot yeah 
yeah once again thank you for sharing because um because everyone has different experiences on, on why they go on missions and on why they stay into the gospel as well and i guaranteed back then you never thought i was never going on a mission i'm definitely gonna be no seminary teacher i can't do the first one i can't do the second one like, there's no way um so yeah you went on your mission came back and you got married went to school and all those good things as well but let's just touch on a little bit upon um post-mission life yeah. um how like especially like your seminary seminary stuff like how'd you get into that how's it like how do you feel like being a seminary teacher like that's a super unique thing mm -hmm. yeah so um this is another thing like where god has the same pattern i feel like in my life where he's like oh you think you're going that way that's cool you think i play football <laughs> oh that's really cool oh nice so, like, i'll use that to <laughs> yeah. yeah so I, I was at byu uh and i'm studying you know um psychology and i'm going through that dating my wife and um it was my junior year maybe the end of my sophomore year and uh i'm sitting down in my abnormal sexuality psychology class one of the craziest classes i took there and uh i mean in the psych world you're always asking like hey what psych are you going into mm -hmm. clinical mm -hmm. you know social whatever so i asked my buddy that we're doing a project together he's like oh i'm not going into psychology and i was like no, you're definitely going to psychology, my guy, because you're in the upper level classes right now. Like, That's three hundred level class, bro. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 I'm gonna be a seminary teacher. And I'm like, huh? Say again? And he's like, yeah, I'm gonna be a seminary teacher. You just gotta get your bachelor's, and um, you can become a seminary teacher. You just need to get a bachelor's and whatever. And he's like, and I was interested in psychology, so and I was like, okay. He's like, yeah, I'm in the class right now, and he's like. It's just a really fun class that like helps you like strengthen your testimony, read the scriptures, and like you get to teach kids. Yeah. And he's like, it helps you become a better teacher, and that like all those things were on my mind. Like, yeah, it served my mission, but like, I wanted to know. Like, I was a convert, right? So like, essentially, like twenty one years old, yeah. and I go on my mission, and and like I come back home, and like I, I didn't, I still didn't know very much. So I was like, I want to know all the scriptures, yeah. right? And so when he said that, I was like, oh, that's cool. And then the teaching aspect, like missionary teaching and family teaching are two different, two different things. things yep. And so I was like, hmm. So anyways, I was on a, like a multicultural scholarship there. So I must have hit my junior or senior year and I was looking for credits and I saw, I was like, oh, there's that seminary class. Right? I'm at 13 credits. I needed 15. I was like, religion courses are two. So yep. I'm going to go find a religion course. And I had done a lot of them and then I saw it was like, how to be, it was like seminary, seminary education or something. I can't remember. And I was like, oh, there's that class my buddy was telling me about. So I click it and I showed up late the first day, like halfway through class. <laughs> and the guy went, oh, hey, Elder. And and uh, they're just like going and they're like, okay, and then you guys are going to do this and we're going to do a workshop next week. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, what? And he's like, well, you're going to teach your peers and you invite your family and teach them too. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I did it. And I just like did the missionary, just like preach from my heart. Yeah, like yeah. I was not paying attention in that class to even learn the skills that they wanted me to develop to become a seminary teacher. I got a three out of five on that assignment. I was like, the heck is this, dude? Like, I was pretty good. Like, I felt like I did good. And, uh, you know, he had like written, like, go read this part in the, in the manual. Mm -hmm. So I went back and read it. And, and then they pulled me aside in the class. And they're like, hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, do what? And they're like, well, this is how you become a seminary teacher. I was like, Oh, for real? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like, are you not taking this class to become? I was like, I'm just taking this class to like, get a credit. Man. I'm trying to get done. Easy A. <laughs> exactly. And uh, he's like, well, what are your thoughts about going to Timpview High School and teaching a, a, a bunch of students for a day? And I was like, oh, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So they threw me in the classroom and it went well. And so they're observing me, you know, and they're like, and so they asked me again, hey, would you be willing to do this again? I was like, sure. Like, all right, we're going to have you do 10 days now. So I did 10 days, you know, like a bunch of different classes. Yeah. I think it was like two weeks, three and two. And so, I, you know, I taught them a bunch of times and it went well. And they were just like, hey, like, what are your thoughts on student teaching for a semester? And I was like, I get my own class for a whole semester. Like, yeah, we'll give you two. They're running you and in, we'll pay you. We'll They're getting you in there. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so they sent me over to UCAS and this is like this college high school, right? I did that for a semester and then... um they sent me to my hometown. Mm. They sent me to Provo High School. I walked in, dude. Sister Lovage is the administrative assistant there. She's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> like, you're in the wrong place, yeah, bro. She's like, what are you doing here? 
And I was like, Sister Lovett, you're not going to believe this, but I'm here to teach. She said, I saw Brother Hamilton, and I thought, oh, that must be Cameron. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh. She's like, there's no way. I was like, yeah, the atonement of Jesus Christ is real, repentance is real. Yes, yeah. So we went at, and so what happens with seminary is like they do a bunch of observations, and they're just looking for like that moment. And uh, one of my buddy, now buddies, I taught him, but he's become a good friend of mine, is Monson Flake. And uh, sitting there teaching that probably couldn't tell you what lesson I'm teaching. But I asked something like, when have you seen the Savior change your life or mm-hmm. something like that? And he rose his hand and he shared this, just this tender experience of like his conversion that had happened in my class that I had no idea. But he had just changed. And meanwhile, all the bigwigs are in the back watching me. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, this is crazy. So after, you know, they, they're just like, hey, that was, was great. So then they send you to a general authority interview. Mm. So I get my text like, or an email, I think, saying, hey, you're going to meet with Elder Dubay. So Elder Dubay interviews us, me and my wife now, and um, just grilled us, made sure we were worthy, you know. And then uh, what happens after that is you complete the semester, and they say, hey, give us 10 days, and we'll send you an email, yes or no. <clears throat> and my wife was a professional dancer. She was in Europe. Um, dancing and uh, we got the email and I was FaceTiming her while trying to read this email and <laughs> we got in and so that's yeah that's my journey with seminary but how you get in now is actually different really yeah it's different that's really cool they have three tracks they have a part-time position a full-time position where you teach for five years and then you're done you can go do whatever you want mm-hmm. and then a religious educator mm-hmm. which is what I am and it's like a career and um, what you do is you go do a workshop and uh, they teach you some basic skills of teaching, and you do the workshop, and then if they're like, and then you just go, like they, you just practice right yeah. there. And if they're like, oh, that was pretty good, like they implement. All they want to see is if you'll implement what if you, you talk about, yeah. right? And so, and then they start from there. And they're like, all right, cool, you did great. And they'll they'll just throw you in a classroom, and you just go, you just go get paid, thing. and then they'll just observe and they'll teach you and train you and try to get you to a point where they're like, yeah, like this this person can teach and. Well, and then you'll get hired. Dang. So it's a much quicker process now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it took two years. For them, I mean, it can happen in six months. Oof. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's it's, it's, yeah, it's changing and progressing and adapting to like the needs of the newer generations. I like how you said that because uh, there is a big difference of teaching missionary teaching, like teaching someone who doesn't know anything. And there's a difference of teaching someone who has a decent idea yep. of what's supposed to be. So you got to make sure you're on track mm-hmm. on your doctrine. Because if you're off your doctrine, yep, done skis, man. You're yeah. getting smacked. Yep. That's crazy. But, um, how, yeah, like teaching the young generation, young high school kids, you know, we're on social media all the time. There's a lot of influences mm-hmm. out there that are not aligned to the gospel. How is that? How's that been effective for you personally and like teaching these young kids on how to like just st- stick strong with the gospel and trust into it. Yeah. You know, uh, so like for me, right, you're saying like, how's it help me stay strong and help them stay strong? Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, that. Um, so when I got home from my mission, right, because my mission, like I got sick, I had a bunch of procedures. So like it got cut short. And I remember like being just broken, like being so upset. And that's why I told you like I needed that no because mm-hmm. it, like if I don't have that, and I had come back home from all these procedures, like, I think I would have left again. Different man. But uh, I remember sitting with my mom, and, like, my mom's like, Kyler, you don't ever have to take off the missionary badge. You can take off the physical one, but you don't ever have to stop being a missionary. Yeah. And I remember when she said that, and that's, like, a cliche thing, right, we say in the church. But, like, <laughs> when she said it, I, like, was like, you're right. Like, I'm never coming home. Mm-hmm. And so the reason why I've loved seminary so much is because it's felt like I've never come home. I've just had that badge on my heart, like, <clears throat> oh, time to go preach again, time, mm-hmm. time to go help people become converted to the Savior. And so, like, the reason why it helps me stay strong is, I mean, it, 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 this, I love reading my scriptures, but it's like I almost have, an, like, an additional motivator to read my scriptures, yeah. right? Like, I have to read to, pre- prepare, to prepare a lesson. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have to do that or I'll get fired. <laughs> and so, like, you're in the Word of God all the time. And, like... For me, I, I just love praying over people. And so when I think about my students, like, I'll pray for them. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing on the mission, right? Like, yep. that spirit that comes when you're praying for people. 
And so, like, that's how it, like, helps me stay strong. And, like, every time I teach a gospel principle, I always think to myself, like, how am I doing with that gospel principle? Mm. So if I'm teaching, like, the Savior wants us to attend the temple to receive his blessings from heaven. Mm -hmm. Well, then my natural thought is, like, well, how's your temple attendance? Because yeah. if you don't have a good, like, power is going to lack in this class. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Or, uh, like, I taught this a couple of weeks ago, like, um, our patriarchal blessings are gifts from God. Yeah. And so then we talked about, like, well, then you better be reading it. <laughs> the first I came on mind was the last time you read yours. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, that's how it strengthens me. But when I think about the youth, man, like, when President Nelson says this is the finest generation, the greatest team, I see it every single day. Mm. Like, to see kids get up and share their testimonies and testify of the Savior and, take like, take leaps of faith and action where they're going to go and say, hey, I'll, I'll go share this with my friends or I'll go post about this on my social media. Mm -hmm. That, it's, it's insane what their testimonies do for me and what they do for each other and just like the strength that they have and the conversion that they're having right now from ages 14 to 18. And it's just, it's, it's unbelievable to be in a classroom and just witness that. That's crazy. That's awesome. Such a unique experience. I love that. Yeah, we don't we we don't get that experience when we're you know college level college age, right? So we don't. Why I say wars? Right? We're not dealing with the yeah. you know the, the youth of of this generation, right? I mean, you know we we just don't see that, and so I think that's super cool that that you get that perspective and that you can yeah. see firsthand the prophets, you know, words coming true, and that yeah. they they truly are. It's a testimony yeah. builder, right? And yeah. and I mean, you know, hey, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, you know, so. Yes. You know, it's I, I believe it for sure. So, I uh, I definitely love that. That's a really cool experience that you get to you get to have on a daily basis. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. I That's agree. Awesome. I think. Um, I mean, when I when I was back in high school, I definitely took seminary for granted. I yeah, definitely took it absolutely. As, I mean, that's just natural. It's just how it is. But um, just kind of like rethinking as like an experience of seminary, and to have a small pocket of where in your day you can go and feel the spirit and you know there's a place of sanctuary from a crazy world especially in high school a lot of influences a lot of bad things going on and just across the street there's a place of of the spirit yeah. and you can have that mm -hmm. and like i'll be honest i didn't really listen a lot in seminary i didn't <laughs> learn much <laughs> but i always had the thought in my mind like if i ever needed something and i needed to feel the spirit i could just go across the street yeah, yeah. and i feel like that's one of the, the greatest blessings um, that the church and that the Lord has given us is he's given us just an opportunity to learn about, about him and about his son Jesus Christ and to, and to feel the spirit in a crazy world so yeah I, I, just a quick thought on that Elder Holland I can't remember where he said this but he said it, it's not a coincidence that the age that Joseph Smith saw God the eternal father and our savior Jesus Christ is the same age that kids go into seminary hmm. And mm. just the mm. thought I was having while you were sharing was, isn't that the Joseph Smith experience we need, yeah. right? Like, you're, you're figuring yourself out, who you are, what you believe, where you stand with things. You're acquiring of different information to receive inspiration. And, and you're walking the halls of high school just trying to figure out, like, okay, where, where am I with all of this? Yeah. And when you said, like, I knew where I could go to feel of them, well, so did Joseph. Mm-hmm. He knew where he felt prompted to go. He, he, he knew awesome. he needed to go to a sacred grove. And I, I wonder if that, in God's all wisdom, that's what seminary is designed to be. Almost like God knew, like, yeah, they're probably not going to recognize how important this is. Mm -hmm. But it's just that feeling of, like, I know where I need to go to hear them. Mm -hmm. And that's seminary. So when life gets crazy, that's where I can go. Because I see that yeah. a lot. I bet. I see kids who are, like, their attendance is, like, 20%. And then, like something happens in their life and all of a sudden they're in my in the building of seminary at west high and they're like i just i needed to be here mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. like oh welcome to your sacred yeah. growth oh yeah welcome to your sacred growth that's, a, that's that. the title of the I had, episode right there i had 6 a.m seminary <laughs> early morning <clears throat> so i definitely definitely took it for granted you know <laughs> football practices occasionally overlapped and so i wasn't always you know able to make it in football season but definitely took it for granted and not gonna lie, slept through more than I probably should have yeah. at times, you know. But I can vividly remember some of those lessons that were taught, you know, like the spirit that was there, and just 
I definitely have a strong testimony of starting your day off that way. Yeah. yeah. Right. I know like there's some states like here in Utah and Arizona and like Idaho and whatever that do it during the day. And I think that's equally as effective, right? In the middle of the day, you get the spiritual uplift. But for me, I definitely needed it to start my day. It's cool. Right. To go into, to be in this environment where you're not surrounded by the spirit in any way, shape or form in high school. Yeah. There's little to no members around you. Right. And, uh, and to start your day off with, with members and feeling the spirit, you know, as early as it was, it definitely, definitely had a huge impact on, on where I am today and, and me going on a mission for sure. Yeah, so, I agree. Really I never cool. did early morning seminary, so I'm chilling with that. Yeah, you'll be um, <laughs> but, uh, you couldn't get up. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. get up at that time. You couldn't get up at came late. You couldn't get up at 6.30 on the mission, bro. How are you getting up at 5.30 yeah, right, right, right. seminary? Brother <laughs> Hamilton, um, once again, thanks for coming on. We really do appreciate you taking the time. Um, just before we wrapped up, our last question for you. Um, so what we try to do is we try to just end it on a spiritual high note, something unique for everybody. And um, we were kind of thinking, and I was thinking of um, just the great opportunity you have that we touched a, a little bit upon, just teaching the younger generation. And I know, and I guarantee there are people who listen to this and people in your classes and seminary students everywhere who have been through similar experiences that you have been, and they have the same thought in their mind. I'm not worthy to go to church. I'm not worthy to go on a mission. Um, and I know there are people that who sit in that seminary class every single day, and they're just there because they're expected to. And that's just how life goes. Um, but for those people who have those thoughts, who have those feelings, what would you share with them? Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, that's a really good question. I actually just had this conversation with one of my students at West High, my boy AJ, and um, it's interesting. I think for a lot of my life, I thought that the process was you need to be good and perfect, and then you can do the things. Mm -hmm. Almost like it's a ticket, yeah. right? Like, here's my perfect ticket. Oh, now I can go to the temple. Here's my perfect ticket. Now I can go to church. Here's my perfect ticket. Now I can feel the Spirit. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. Yeah. In Moroni chapter 10, when he says, come unto me, and I will perfect you yeah. right that's the way it works and so the way my mind has shifted and, and I, I i i don't want to get too over the top with this but there there's a principle here that can be applied in certain situations that if we looked at everything as power being given power so for example like when we're baptized we're given power right we weren't perfect before we got baptized uh -huh. But we were given power from baptism. And we weren't perfect before we received the gift of the Holy Ghost, but we were given mm -hmm. power from the Holy Ghost to become more like the Savior. Mm -hmm. And therefore, the same thing with like the Aaronic Priesthood. Now, there is an element of worthiness because you have your interview, and you should be honest in those interviews, because the Lord wants to give you additional power to handle additional temptation. Mm -hmm. And the same thing happens with like the temple. Now, there, once again, is temple recommend interviews. You should be honest in those and enable the Savior to give you the power He wants to give you, right? And so, like, right now, I have the privilege of interviewing people to do that. And when I talk with them, I, I invite them to be honest because the Lord wants to give them power through their covenants. And so, I wish, if I could go back to, like, Brother Hamilton in high school, mm -hmm. and we talked about repentance. Repentance isn't this aspect of, like, well, I need to be good, and then I can tell my bishop, oh, I've been good for this long, yeah. so right. please don't punish me. Right. It's th that the Savior wants to give us power. And if you think back to my experience with Bishop B. Croft, it, it wasn't this aspect of like, well, let me tell you how long you have to wait now. Here's your sentence. Yeah. It mm -hmm. was, let's work together to get you more power in your life to resist temptation. Let's, this is how we're going to do it. And so uh, my first thought would be is President Nelson has invited us um, to ask God how he feels about us and listen. Mm -hmm. my first thought to any youth who's like man like I don't know what he's done but brother Hamilton you don't understand what I've done here's what I've done and it's worse kneel down and ask God how he feels about you because it doesn't matter how worthy you are you can pray anytime right the second thought like the second step I would invite them to take is to go and just repent like your bishop is going to do everything he can to help you feel the Savior's love and gain more power in your life to become who 
you want to become and who the Savior wants you to become. And I recognize that sometimes going to the bishop isn't a great experience. And that was my first experience. But I promise, like, as you just try, um, the Lord will manifest himself to you. And then this thought process of like, well, I'm not worthy enough. The reality is, is like the savior is the one who deems worthiness Mm -hmm. and like our worth and our worthiness are two different things. As has been taught in general conference, your worth will never change to God. And if we talk about like beauties in the eye of the beholder, well, worth is the eye of the buyer. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, when we think about like your worth, like I could present a car to you and you might be like, well, it's worth 20 grand. And you might be like, well, I actually know that car. It's worth 40 grand. And mm-hmm. to me, it might be this thing given to my, to me from my great grandfather who passes away and that's priceless. Mm-hmm. Well, the savior in the scriptures and doctrine and covenants is, uh, the worth of souls is great in the sight of God. In that very next verse, he shows us, well, worth is in the eye of the buyer so much so that he gave his only begotten son. Every kid is worth the savior to god and therefore like our worth will never change to god and if we can take that and remember well i'm a child of god and god's going to love me no matter what no matter where i'm at what i do he's going to love me that's something i didn't believe in high school that's what that's where i got lost mm-hmm. it wasn't my sins it was my belief system mm-hmm. and if i just would have believed like oh i'm a child of god and god loves me no sin no sin can trump that love And therefore, it makes it easier to go before my maker and say, I'm sorry. I made some mistakes. And if the Spirit prompts you to be like, hey, go see your bishop, then go see your bishop and take care of it and move forward because you're a child of God with a divine worth and eternal destiny. And God has a work for you to do. And so, and and especially with like, um, if you're sitting here and you're listening to this and you're thinking like, I'll never be worthy enough to get married in the temple, I would just say shelf that thought. Yeah. I wish I would have just shelved that thought because you just never know. You just never know what God's going to do with your life if you let him. And God came and found this <clears throat> rebellious kid in Dixie State and said, I know you thought you were never going to serve a mission. I know you thought you'd never get married to the temple. And I know for sure you've never considered being a seminary teacher. <laughs> But I'm about to save you, and then I'm going to have you go share that message with everyone, and I'm going to save them through the spirit that comes that day. And so I just, I wish I could go back to myself in high school and say, just shelf everything you think you know, and just, you, you go along with your life, you can keep going however you want, you want, but just shelf all of your belief systems and just be willing if God intervenes to go, because he will intervene. And if you're willing to go. He'll take you on the, one of the greatest journeys you've ever been on in your life. That's what I would say. <clears throat> well, thank you for that. Thank you for those wise words and, and for your testimony as well. Yeah. Um, just to to share your own experience for those who are going through the same, and to have someone as like a spiritual giant in someone's life, and just to come to understand what they've been through and what they know to be true. Like sometimes we forget people like that and experiences like that as well. And I just want to add my testimony. Um, I've said this before. It's like, you know, we know the answers to the test. We just have to do them. Like we have the Book of Mormon with us. We have um, we have the priesthood power to help us come to understand how we can repent fully and, and come to our Savior. And um, like we know in our back of our head, like, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do them. But I'll do them next week. Or I'll do them later. Or give me a few months and I'll stay off what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I'll go to the bishop. And just things like that. Like, we know the answers to the test. We just have to do them. And the answer to the test is our Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's just how simple it is. Um, And that's why we love the gospel, because it is simple. We mess up. Cool. Welcome to the club. Everyone does it the same. Turn to to, um, Jesus Christ and use his power and and become worthy to receive all all the blessings and to make covenants with him to gain this great power to one day live with him again. And, and with eternal families as well. So, um, thank you for sharing. Yeah. Amen. You know the 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 phrase that that stood out most to me as you're as you're speaking is, "No sin can trump that love." And I love that. Right. I've seen that in my life. There's no sins that have ever taken away the love of the Savior and the love of our Heavenly Father. Right. You're a great testimony to that. There's plenty of people out there. Right. There's no sin that can trump the love of our Savior. Right. And and I think you know 
right? When when we have that thought of repentance, whether it's it's simple and we can take care of it ourselves, or whether we need to go and we need to take care of that with the bishop or yeah. or you know the stake president. If that thought comes to you, don't delay. You can delay it all you want. That thought will still be there. Yep. It doesn't take away the need to go and do that, right? So as Caleb was sharing, you can okay, I, give me a couple weeks. You know, let me let me get my life back on track a little bit, and then I can tell Bishop, hey, you know, I was doing this, but I'm better now. I'm good now. That that doesn't change much. Yeah. You know, great. You you started the change process, but you can do that two weeks ago. Yeah. You know, you can go and take care of that right now, and now you have a support system to help you change, and you're not doing it on your own. Right now, you have access to that greater power. Right, it doesn't change the process that you're gonna have to go through. The sin is the sin. Right, you you improve in your life doesn't change the fact that you made that sin. Right, and so that love is there. Uh, there's no need to delay that repentance process. And I've seen that in my life. There's been times where I've been like, oh yeah, I'll take care of it tomorrow. Right, we'll worry about that tomorrow. Right, I'll probably do that again tomorrow. I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just worry about it then. Right, you know. But that's not the that's not the right that's not the right uh, mindset to have. Right, take care of it now. It's not gonna go away. Um, it's it's going to be so much better if you just if you just take care of it now. That that love that the Savior has for you will be so much stronger. That power that you have through the Spirit and through the atonement of Jesus Christ will will be in your life so much stronger if you if you can just take care of it now. Simple or not, Amen. you know. And that's that's just as simple as it is, you know. And so, um, you know, Brother Hamilton, Kyler, we appreciate you you joining on uh, the guest ninety nine today, uh, sharing your sharing your testimony, sharing your experiences, and. And inviting the spirit to to be here with us and and be here in the lives of of the listeners as well. Um, so for for that we are forever grateful. Yeah, thank you guys. It's been wonderful. Thank uh, you. We appreciate it. Um, but that's it for this week. That's guest ninety nine. Um, make sure you follow us on all socials and on Facebook as well. And and that should be it for us this week.